I'm pulling out of the parking lot. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. And I dropped my son off at camp. Okay, so today I'm going to talk a bit about the history of the creature type. Um, so, uh, so technically speaking, creature types are a subtype of creature. They're a creature subtype. Um, but creature types have begin have started since the beginning of the game, um, and are the one element of the game that kind of really straddles the line between flavor and mechanics. Um, and so I'm going to talk all about the history of the creature type today. So um, I'm a big fan of the creature type, and as you will see, I've been very involved uh, in the evolution of the use of the creature type. So we're going to talk about that today. So today is a, it's a history day. We go back and we learn about sort of... Uh, how things happen behind the scenes, and in some case, in front of the scenes. Okay, so let's begin with Alpha. So creature types go all the way back to Alpha. Now, when the game first came out, um, the way they were written, it didn't say creature or subtype. It said summon. So if you were a goblin, it would just say summon goblin. Um, uh, It was done for flavor, because the idea was um, creatures are, you summon all the creatures, and... Um, but it was weird in that it, it was a, the creature cards didn't specifically say anywhere on them that they were creatures. Um, clearly they implied that they had power toughness. You know, it definitely, you kind of knew they were creatures, but it didn't state that they were creatures. And, um, eventually I think in, I think it was sixth edition rules updated it, um, updated to say that it, it's now that, uh, it was a creature. It might've happened slightly before that, but anyway, um, but when the game began, creature types existed, although um, there were a couple, a couple rules. One was that there was only one creature type per creature. So if, um, if you were a, a goblin, you would just be a goblin. Um, pretty much the way it worked is you tended to be your race unless you were just a human and then you were your, sort of your class, you're what you did. So if you were a goblin soldier, you were a goblin. But if you were a human soldier, you were a soldier. Um, so what happened from very early in Magic is both races and classes existed, but um, usually the only time you saw classes were on humans, because if you were some other race, we'd tell you. If you were an elf, we'd say you're an elf. If you're a goblin, we'd say you're a goblin. If you're a human, we didn't say you were a human. Instead, we'd say what class you were. Um, I think the reason this might have been done early on was not any anti-human thing, was just a concern from Richard that too many of the cards would just be human. Because um, a lot of early magic, there's there were a lot of humans in early magic, not that there's not still a decent number, um, but early magic had a, a significant amount of humans. Um, and so I think just to help divvy them up a little bit and keep you from just having all the cards be humans, um, they made the classes. Uh, and the other thing that was interesting was um, early on, they had to sort of figure out what you were. So, like, now there's some flexibility. Now if you're two different things, we can say you're two different things. But back then, well, okay, are you more this or more that? And they would figure it out. Um, and pretty much for the classes, if you had a race that wasn't human, the race tended to uh, supersede. Now, artifact creatures got no creature type. Uh, and when the game began, if you were an artifact creature type... Uh, you know, stuff like Gollum and things. I mean, clearly there were things that were Gollums because the Gollum was in their name, but there was no creature type for it. Um, and so for many years, um, artifact creatures just didn't have a, didn't have a, a creature type. 
Um, now, when you go back to alpha, creature types mechanically mattered pretty early on. I mean, they mattered in alpha, uh, but not a lot, interestingly. So there were three lords in alpha. Uh, there was Goblin King, who was not a goblin. There was Lord of Atlantis, who helped Merfolk, although he's not a Merfolk. And there was um, Zombie... Zombie Master? Uh, I'm blanking on... There, there was a, a, a Lord for Zombies. Um, I think Zombie Master. Um, anyway, each one of them were, were a Lord subtype uh, to imply that they, they led things, but they weren't their own creature type. Um, later, we would errata them such that they were their creature type, but they only affected other things, to, um, which was slight technical errata, because if I had two Goblin Kings out, before two Goblin Kings out, nothing happened. Now they each make the other one bigger, although they don't make themselves bigger. Um, but it was really weird to have the Goblin King and have a picture of him, and he's clearly a goblin, and say, oh, he's not a goblin, because he looks like a goblin. Um, but we know, we'll, we'll get to the Grand Creature update. Um, okay, so the way it worked in Alpha was creature types um, were mostly flavor, um, but as with the Goblin King... Oh, also, the thing with the, the, the Goblin King and the Lord of Atlantis and the Zombie Master is there weren't a lot... Like, for example, Lord of Atlantis, the only merfolk in the entire game at the time was Mer- Merfolk of the Pearl Trident, which was a 1-1 for single blue mana. Um, and the idea was... Uh, when Magic first came out, there was no deck construction limits. You could play as many copies of a card as you wanted. So the idea was, if I wanted to play a bunch of Lord of Atlantis, I could play as many Merfolk as I wanted, but that was the only Merfolk that existed. Uh, Goblin King had two goblins, uh, had uh, Mons Goblin Raiders and Goblin Balloon Brigade, both of which were 1-1 for a red mana. Uh, the Balloon Brigade, which was uncommon, could fly for red activation. So it was kind of strictly better than um, Mons Goblin Raiders, uh, but maybe you didn't have access to both, and Mons was a common. Um, and then the zombie... Zombie Master, is that right? Uh, there was, I think, just one zombie at the time. Um, and the interesting thing is, uh, Arabian Nights had no merfolk or goblins or zombies in it. Antiquities, I think, had no merfolk or goblins or zombies in it. Um, Legends was the first set, I believe, that had another zombie. Headless Horseman was a zombie. Um... And I'm not even sure if it had Merfolk or Goblins in it. I think it did. Well, eventually what would happen, I know the Dark had Goblins in it. Um, uh, and, the, and the Dark had Merfolk in it. So eventually you started seeing more of that. But early on, it, it wasn't referenced all that much. And um, usually the, uh, the only time we reference creature types in early magic tended to be on lords and things. Like, oh, I helped. As time would go on, we would start stretching that a, a bit more. Um, okay, in uh, Legends, which was the third expansion, um, we introduced a new creature type, Legend. So Legendary was originally a, a creature type uh, on, on creatures. It was super type on not creatures, interestingly. Um, so a land would be a legendary land, but a creature was a creature legend. Now, because you can only have one creature type and all legendary creatures were legends, um, none of the creatures... So in, in Legends, there was a whole bunch of multicolored creatures at Uncommon and Rare. Um, and they were legend. All of them, every single gold card was a legend. A gold creature. Well, there only were... All the gold cards were creatures and they were all legends. Um, so none of them really had any creature types. So for a while, I mean, we eventually would fix this, but the legendary creatures, they weren't anything. They were just legendary. Um, now, also, when the game began, um, legend and there was another uh, creature at Wall uh, carried uh, rules text. 
walls, wall basically had defender built into it. And it said, oh, well, if you're a wall, you can't attack. And Legends, um, the original rule for Legend, A, there was a deck construction that you can only have one in your deck, although that's more deck construction rules. Um, and the Legend rule was, if this is in play, no card with the same name can be played. So once somebody gets down a copy of whatever, a Bob, nobody else can play Bob. Bob's already there. Um, and it would lock you out from playing other copies of it. Over the years, we would change that. I mean, the, how Legend works. Uh, now, what happened was, I don't remember the timing of this. At some point, um, we decided that we didn't like having the baggage of Wall and Legend. Um, and that wouldn't, happen, that wouldn't happen for a while. Um, cause I know, yeah, that, that we, that might not have happened till we get to the grand creature update that, that actually loses their, somewhere along the way, wall and wall, wall stopped automatically having defender. We started making the, the, um, the mechanic defender and then all walls happen to have defender. So if you saw a wall, all the old walls sort of got errata to have Defender so they worked the way they always worked. Um, but it allowed us to put Defender on things that weren't walls. So for flavor purposes, if you had a guard that was standing guard that wouldn't leave you, then it could also have Defender. Um, and then Legend eventually became Legendary so that all, all the things that were Legendary, it was super type on all of them. It was kind of odd that it was a super type on some things and a subtype on others. That was weird. Um, so the first set I work on is Tempest, or the first set I lead. Um... And one of the things I was very interested in, as was my team, was I liked tribal stuff. I enjoyed the tribal theme. So um, come Tempest, uh, we we put both Slivers and Lissids in the set. um, And we started sort of... uh, Like Slivers, for example, was a race where the entire race was tribally based. Um, Inspired, by the way, by Plague Rats. Uh, Mike... um, Mike Elliott made the slivers. Um, he had actually made a set of his own called After Ways. I've, I've talked about this. I, I did a whole sliver podcast. But anyway, he made a set, uh, and then before he got to Wizards, and then he, when he came to Wizards, they bought the set, and then he, we put that into Tempest. Um, and you can see as we go along that we, we start making use of creature types more and more as signifiers. Um, uh, you can see, for example, that uh, like masks has spell shapers. Um, there's rebels and mercenaries as well. Um, like you know, Mercadian masks does. In fact, one of our problems was kind of instead of having keywords that were labeled the named keywords, Mike just put things onto um, creature types, and then sort of the idea was, oh, this is what mercenaries do. This is what rebels do. This is what spell shapers do. And while those were new mechanics, uh, the fact that they weren't named and they were sort of uh, tied to actual creature types made people kind of miss that they were new mechanics. So anyway, so here's about the behind-the-scenes story going on is um, I really think that, that creature types have a lot of um, mechanical um, me- mechanical use to them. So what happens is uh, in Odyssey, um, I decide that I'm going to just make some creature types or some creatures that have more than one creature type. For example, we have the Avon, which are the bird people. 
And rather than just make them birds, I made them bird soldiers. Um, and the Nantuko, uh, I think, were insect druids. Um, and the idea was, I was just like, well, we've never seen Avon before. I'm just going to say these are what Avon are. Avon are bird soldiers. That's just a thing. They're bird soldiers. Um, and so you can see the earliest sort of um, me starting to mess around. The other thing that I did, if you, for those that know your history, in Odyssey, I also experimented with trying to do some of the less common creature types. Instead of goblins, we had dwarves. Instead of elves, we had centaurs. Instead of um, merfolk, well, we had cephalids. I'm not sure that was the best experiment. But, um, but I was very cognizant of trying to sort of have new type of creature types and play around and expand with what creature types could be. Um, and there's a lot of behind the scenes of me sort of pushing to try to stretch a little bit what we could do. And Odyssey is a good example where, um, you know, you, you can just see on the Avens and then in Tuco and stuff that I'm just, I'm pushing where I can. Oh, oh the other interesting thing was Odyssey Block um, was the creative team had left for various reasons. And we were in the process of getting to building up a new creative team. And so I was um, asked by Bill to oversee names and flavor text and creature types for Odyssey, uh, and, which I did. Um, and you can tell that once I'm in charge of creature types, I start messing around a little more with them. I start branching out which ones we do. I start putting more than one on a card. Um, you can see that I'm definitely sort of trying to stretch the muscles a little bit of how we can use creature types. Okay, then comes Onslaught. Um, so Onslaught was interesting. Um, so Mike Elliott had made the set, um, and I had been brought in after it had been handed over to, um, Bill, Bill, was, uh, Bill was trying to figure out, it, it was a little bit disconnected. He was trying to know how, what, what, what the set was about. Um, and Mike had made these misform creatures that were creatures that could change their own creature type. Um... But the set didn't have a lot in the set that actually cared about creature type. Um, so I saw this as an opportunity to pitch something that I'd been wanting to pitch for a while, which is the idea of tribal as a theme, that creature types could be a theme for a set. Um, so what happened was um, Bill had, had asked me if, if, you know, he wanted me to look at the file and said, um, you know, sort of give my opinion. And I said it was a little... It wasn't as focused as I, as I like to see the sets, and it needed an identity. And so, seeing that Mike was playing around in, in sort of around the periphery of creature types, um, I went to Bill and I made the following argument. I said, "If you go out and look decks that people play, I go at, at the time um, we used I used to go to a lot of conventions at the time, and we would do this thing called deck clinic. And the way deck clinic worked is anybody could bring their deck, they would show it to you." Um, you know, a wizard's person, and I would give them feedback on how to make it better. And one of the things that was really interesting, because it really gave me an insight into what were people playing, because I was fixing decks. And tribal themes were very popular. And so what I said to Bill, I said, look, here's what I find interesting. Tribal themes are popular. People bend over backwards to build tribal themes, and they suck. They suck. So here's how you know that people like something. When they bend over backwards to play something that sucks, that means there's something there that people really like. And I said, look, I just, you've seen it. You've seen goblin decks and merfolk decks and zombie decks. and You've seen, you've seen those. They're, they're, they're something that players really enjoy building. 
what if we actually made it the theme for a block? And I said, you know, the remnants are there. Mike has the, the component pieces. We have to dial it up a bit. Um, and so um, Bill agreed. Uh, and the thing that happened was uh, sort of Mike and I had a lot of back and forth, and I kept just raising up the volume. I'm like, no, it can be louder. No, it can be louder. Um, and anyway, Onslaught eventually, I mean, Mike, Mike finally understood. I mean, it took me a little while to convince Mike, but he finally sort of got on board and, and saw the value of the tribal stuff. Um, and so uh, Onslaught was our first tribals, tribal set. Um, tribal block, actually. And um, in it, I think was it was in, in Legions, um, I made a card. So he, Mike had made the misforms. The way the misforms worked is you could spend a mana to um, change their creature type. Um, and they were, they were a cool part of the set because they sort of tied together the various tribal cards. Um, and in fact, uh, we'll get to Lorem in a second, but it, when I made... Um, when I was working on, I think it was Legions, I designed a card called Misform Ultimus. And Misform Ultimus was all creature types. Uh, he was legendary. Uh, he was a legendary creature, but it was all creature types. Um, and at the time, um, the way I know that we hadn't changed the wall rules yet, I think we had changed legendary at that point. I think we had. Because he was legend, I think he is. He was legendary, I believe, um, or maybe it didn't matter. Maybe it didn't matter that. Well, the one thing we didn't miss from Ultimus is we said it can attack as if it didn't, as if it wasn't a wall. So it, it was all creature types, but being a wall didn't make it not be able to attack. Um, and later that would get eroded because wall would no longer, by definition, make you not be able to attack. And so that that errata would take that off. Um. But anyway, Mithramaltus, I, lo- I really liked the idea of something that was legendary that just was everything. You didn't have to make it everything. It just was everything. Okay. Um, so Onslaught comes about, and we're really pushing tribal as a theme. So I felt like it was time to go to the next level. So the next project was something that, that I cared about, and I talked a lot with the creative team, and they, they were all on board, um, was... The idea of race class. So, I talked about earlier that every creature type had one creature type on it. Either it was its race, it was a goblin, it was an elf, or it was its class. Oh, real quick, quick aside. Um, One of the things that we realized as we started to identify race and class was that there are are these hybrids. What I mean by that is some things it's very clear what they are, and some things like, oh, is that a race? Is that a class? The two classic ones are zombie and vampire. Like zombie. Um, like clearly you could have uh, a zombie soldier, uh, which you, usually if you, there was no race listed, it meant you're human. Um, for some reason, zombies, if they're human, we don't list it. But if you're another race, we do. Um, or you could be a zombie goblin. So, you know, zombie kind of cross between are you a race or a class. Same with vampire. Like, is, va- is vampire a, a race? But also, it's kind of a thing you do, in, anyway. Um, so the idea of race class was, um, in Dungeon Dragons, you have a race and you have a class. So, for example, um, are you human? Are you elf? Are you half-elf? Are you a dwarf? 
Um, you know, there's a bunch of different choices of what you can be. And then the classes, are you a fighter? Are you a cleric? Are you a wizard? You know, what, what other, um, what sort of, what race are you of? And then what, what's your job, essentially? What, what do you do? Um, and race class have been very effective for Dungeon Dragons. And so um, one of the things I wanted is I just wanted to get more creature types onto the card. Um, and the reason I wanted to do it was somewhat selfish in, in, in that it just made, gave you more mechanical identity and made you care more. Um, and my, 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 also, my, my thought was, let's say I have a goblin warrior. Well, if I want to care about goblins, why shouldn't I care about him? If I want to care about warriors, why shouldn't I care about him? Like, the fact... It just was weird that, like, oh, well, if I want to care about soldiers, I guess it's human soldiers because, you know, everything else is defined by its race. Um, so anyway, I, I talked a lot with the creative team about it, and um, Mirrodin was where we were changing over... Um, in 8th edition, I guess, we had changed the card types. Uh, and so we decided to, to make a push and try to convince the powers that be in R&D that we wanted to start doing race class. Um, obviously, by the way, if I, I think I figured out during Onslaught Block that we, need, like, we really, really should have race class. And, and um, it just couldn't get done fast enough to make it happen during Onslaught, which is weird since Onslaught's the set that really wanted to have... Um, I mean, it was a tribal set. So it's quirky that the set after, the block after the tribal set is when we sort of revamp tribal. Um, but in some ways, Onslaught really... I, I think once people... like So one of the stories about Onslaught is... So Onslaught has morph in it, which is a cool, a really cool mechanic. Um, and so a bunch of R&D folks thought that what was, what was going to be the, the defining thing about the Onslaught block was that it had morph. Um, and I had said in meetings, I said, no, guys, people will like Morph. Morph's a very fun mechanic, but it's a tribal block. That, that's what the takeaway is going to be. It's a tribal block. So we went to the pre-release, and everybody's like, oh, it's a tribal block. It's a tribal. Everyone's all excited about being a tribal block. And, you know, Arnie came back. We had a meeting, and, and everyone, and, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, wow, they really, so, I mean, they, they like Morph, but wow, they, this is a tribal block. That's what it's, and I'm like, I've been saying that for months. For months, I've been saying that. So, um, I think the success of Onslaught kind of loosened people up to the idea that creature types played a little bit more of an importance. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why... Um, so, what happened was, in order... The behind the scenes is, in order to make a change like this, um, R&D will have meetings. At the time, this probably was the Tuesday Magic meeting, because uh, nowadays it would be card crafting, but we didn't have card crafting back then. Um, so, Brady Dobbermith made a presentation... And it was talking about, like, here's how this is used in other games and why this is important. And, and then I had provided a bunch of material about why mechanically it would matter if we did that, like why it would uh, increase design space. Um, and anyway, we went and we pitched it. And I know there was, some, um, there was some hesitancy at the time. The biggest holdup, by the way, was in order to raise class, it made us do something we had been avoiding doing, which is label humans as humans. Um, and a bunch of people were very uncomfortable with, like, naming humans. Uh, I don't know if it brought it too close to home. I'm, I'm not quite sure why, what, what the concern was. Um, but what we said at the time was, it was interesting, we said, well, you know, we don't have to care about human as a, as a race too often. You know, we could, we could just have it be a race but not name it, you know. 
Um, now, in the back of my head, I knew one day we'd care about humans. Obviously, we did, as you all know. But um, when you're doing behind the scenes and people are worried about something, you're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that bridge when we come to it. I, I, don't, I don't think we have a need to do that right now. Um, and it took us a bunch of years before humans mattered. Um, I think, in fact, I think humans didn't matter till Innistrad. I think Innistrad is the first set where there was human tribal. Uh, and the reason for that was we were doing a tribal, the, the set had a tribal component to it, and we cared about the other four, the, the monsters, if you will, the vampires, the werewolves, the zombies, and the spirits. And so it was weird to not care about human, just because there, there are a bunch of things you wanted to do where it's like, oh, well, this helps only humans or helps anything but a human. It, it was a very clean divider between monsters and not monster. Okay, uh... So Mirrodin was successful. We managed to get race class um, across. Um, and then, um, you know, humans finally become a thing. Uh, and then comes Lorwyn. So Lorwyn was... Um, Lorwyn was the next time we, we'd done a tribal sort of set. Um, and this time it's funny. Remember I was saying, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up to Mike? Um, in the end, I think Onslaught actually ended up being a little low. Um, but when we came back to do Lorwyn, we definitely juiced it up again and said, okay, we're, we're, we're turning this to 11. Probably was a little too high. Uh, looking back on it, I think Lorwyn probably pushed it a little too much. A little bit too much on rails uh, for what they say in the draft, which is like once you committed to a, a creature type, it was hard to sort of not just draft that creature type. Okay, so Lorwyn had a big theme of... Um, of tribal, and there, there were eight tribes, see if I remember them. Uh, it was merfolk, elves, uh, goblins, so a lot of the, the basics, tree folk, elementals, fairies, and um, kitkin. Um, did I say there were eight? Did I say eight? I feel like I'm missing one. And wizards? And wizards and wizards. No, 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 no. Sorry, uh, we didn't. We waited for class till morning tide. What was the last one? So it was uh, goblins, elves, merfolk. Oh, zombie, zombies, zombies, zombies. Um, and the way it worked was each monocolor had one. So white had kithkins, blue had um, merfolk, black had zombies, red had goblins, green had elves, and then we had elementals and tree folk and fairies that, that crossed over between different, different colors. Um, the other thing we were playing around with in Lorwyn was when Shadowmoor came, we, we shifted the colors a little bit to give you sort of, oh, well, part of the, I mean, this in the end wasn't a great idea, but the flavor was, oh, the elves are kind of mean and they're green and black, but when the Aurora comes, hey, the, while they're still mean, they're kind of the nicest ones in this world, and so they become green-white rather than green-black. Um, and there was a sort of subtle shift in color in all of them. Um, and then in Morning Tide, we did class matters, where for each color, you know, it was wizards or soldiers. You know, each color had a, a class that mattered. Um, and we made this grid where, because we were doing race class, I'm sorry, we weren't, we weren't, no, we weren't, yeah, at this point we were doing race class. Because we were doing race class, um, your goblin soldier could care about, goblins could care about it, and soldiers could care about it. Um, now, when we were doing this, I realized that we, were, we needed to sort of get some glue to hold it all together. And that's when I thought back to Misform Ultimus, which was uh, a card I talked about making during um, um, 
I made during uh, Onslaught Block. Um, and the idea was, what if we just made a creature that had all creature types, ended up being Changeling? And Changeling was a mechanic, so if you had Changeling, you just had all the creature types. Um, and then uh, what had happened was people really, really liked um, Miss from Ultimus. And there's this weird dynamic sometimes when people like a, like a particular card to not repeat it because it, it'll make the card less special. Um, but one of the things we realize in making magic when you have so many cards to make, it's like, you know what? The card can be less special. Uh, you know, magic doesn't have a luxury to go, here's a cool thing people really enjoy. We'll do it on one card. That just isn't, you know... Um, and so I said, okay, people like this card, we're just going to expand it. Um, and made a whole bunch of changelings. Um, you know, changelings were nice because they allowed you to sort of take cards that cared about different creature types and play them together. Um, in fact, one of the things you could draft was there were a couple of different ways to draft changeling decks, where it's kind of like a bunch of changelings and then all the different things that cared about creature type, because all of them, changeling would, you know, all of them would affect changeling. Um... Also during Lorwyn, because um, we were kind of focused on creature types and it felt thematic to Lorwyn, we did what was called the Grand Creature Type Update. And the reason we did it is there were a lot of cards that were clearly something, but technically weren't. So a classic example was a Goblin Rock Sled team from, I think, The Dark. Um, and it was this flavorful... Um, goblin card where these goblins uh, they're riding basically a sled down rocks um, not, not little bright those goblins uh, and but the problem was it was given the creature type of rock sled um, and I mean it, it was called goblin rock sled and clearly in the art was goblins and there was a lot of goblin tribal people cared about goblins and so what would happen is somebody who just didn't know any better would go okay well clearly it's a goblin it says it's a goblin in the name. It says it shows that it's a goblin in the art. It's clearly a goblin. And they would play in a tournament, and they'd want to interact with some goblin card, and somebody who knew the rules better would go, uh, excuse me, uh, that is not a goblin. So we decided we would go back and we fixed a bunch of things. So, A, there are a whole bunch of legends that didn't have any, any creature types because they had just been legend. And now that we had moved legend to a super type, they, in fact, had no creature types. So we went back and we fixed all the legends... Um, we went back and gave creature types to art, the early artifact creatures that didn't have a creature type. Um, we also went back and said, okay, if you're a supported creature type, and it's clear that you're that, it's in your name, or it's just it's in your art in a way that you can't miss, we're just going to label what that is. Now, um, there was a lot of gray area, and one of the sort of controversial things about the Grand Tribal Update is that some of the changes aren't so obvious. Like, some are. Like, okay, Goblin King is a goblin. He looks like a goblin. He's a goblin. Um, go- goblin Rocksled is a goblin. Look, it says goblin. It, it is a goblin. Um, but there were some that were a little subtler where we had to make some sort of calls about what something was. Um, is this human? Is it not human? Remember, by the way, we had to add human in because none of the early cards had human. So every single card that was a human had to have human added in the Grand Creature Update. So in the end, we, we updated a whole mess of cards. Um, a lot of it made things more intuitive, but some of it, not all of it. Like, well, the story we tell is, uh, I think Mike Turney is at an event, and um, 
he is playing, I don't even remember what the card is, it's some archer or something, and it's something where his opponent is playing an effect that's going to answer something, but he needs to name creature types. So Mike says to him, what is the creature type? What creature type are you naming? And so he looks at Mike's cards and he names whatever it was. Uh, I, I don't know whether it was a soldier that became an archer or an archer that became a soldier, but he names what is printed on the card. Uh, and then Mike says, well, sorry, that's not what the card actually is. It's been eroded. Uh, and, it was, well, I mean, it was the, it's one of those things where, like, technically Mike was in the correct in the sense that it, it was, in fact, what Mike said. Um, so, I mean, Mike wasn't breaking any rules or anything. Um, and, and to be honest, on the Pro Tour, look, people play super tight. It's the Pro Tour. There's a lot on the line. Um, but we realized that such, what, what a feel-bad moment that was. That, like, I'm not sure what the card is. I literally pick up the card. I look at it. I look at what's written on the card. I look at what the card seems to imply. I name that. And then, nope, that's not what it is. And so um, we, we realize that we have to be careful when we go back and do things. Um, like, there are a lot of things that... Like, one of the classic examples is, I think if I had it to do all over again, I'd be tempted to, like, have Phyrexian, for example, be a creature type. Um, there's some cool things you could do where you affect Phyrexians. Um, but the Phyrexians showed up a bunch of times without a creature type. And so it felt weird. Like, we kind of passed the point where it got to be a creature type. Um, but I, I don't think we get to just go back. That I, The grand creature type made me realize that there's a lot of um, confusion that can be made that when the cards are what they say they are, that, that's kind of good. And we, we fix most of the intuitively weird things where, like, it's clearly, clearly, clearly a goblin, yet somehow it's not a goblin. Um, so we try to make sure of stuff like that. And, and we are much more exacting now. Like, the way creature types work um, is uh, design has the ability to make something a particular creature type if, me- if it's mechanically relevant. But if not then the creative team has the luxury when concepting the card to make it whatever they want to make it to fit the flavor of the card. So the idea is, I make a, a red creature. Does it need to be a goblin or, or whatever? Let's say, for example, there's a goblin tribal in the set, that there's a card that cares about goblins, and I, I want to make sure that there's enough goblins that if you want to play that card, there's enough goblins. We will label and say... Either we label and say, this needs to be a goblin... Um, or sometimes what we do is we say to them, n number of cards, some number of cards needs to be, you know, like, oh, we need to have six goblins, three commons, three uncommons. You could pick which ones you want to be the goblins. Um, and sometimes there's cards in which, oh, well, this affects goblins and we want it to affect itself, so it needs to be a goblin. So sometimes we sort of specify it has to be. Sometimes we're laying out larger general works about what we need to give creative uh, a little more flexibility. Like, oh, for the as fan, we need three commons, three uncommons. You can mix it. You can choose whatever you want for that to be true. Um, oh, the one thing we did, by the way, one, the one joke, which I thought was pretty funny, we did do a joke during the grand creature type update. The only creature that we did not give a creature type to that has no creature type is nameless race. We thought that was kind of funny. Um, but everything else, we made sure that it has a creature type to it. Um, one of the reasons that's also important, and the reason why it came up in the first place, is we've made cards, for example, that affect things, and the way it affects them is naming a creature type. And it was very odd to say, okay, pick a creature type, and the, the artifact just didn't have a creature type, even though 
In some cases, it even was like an artificial version. Uh, you know, it, it's a metal dragon. Okay, all dragons get a bonus. And you could argue, well, it's not a real dragon. It's a metal mechanical dragon. But we, anyway, we finally put that on there so stuff like that could get affected. Um, so as of Battle Bond, there are 238 unique creature types. Um, some of which, not, not all of them are one, like... We have ones we, we support, and we there's sort of three buckets. There is support in that we do them on some regularity. There is don't support, and we consciously don't make any more of them. And then there is the middle round, which is, well, sometimes we do it, but it's not on a regular basis. Um, and sort of what's in what bucket has changed. Like, one of the big things recently is we, we finally made a minion after not doing minions forever. Um, part of the Grand Creature update was we retired some creature types, and most of them have stayed retired uh, but there's a few like um, like Minion that there were some people really wanted to see Minion come back, so eventually we brought back Minion. Um, there also are some creature types like Squirrel and Beeble. There's a few that sort of the creative team just aren't fans of, and so we keep them out. Mostly keep them out of Black Border. Um, Silver Border will do both of those. Uh, I guess Squirrels occasionally gets done in Black Border and supplemental sets. Um, but anyway, there, there's definitely some of that. I mean, one of the one of the ongoing things in general is we've realized that players like tribal, so every set has some tribal to it. Um, sometimes it's just a little bit, you know, um, like something like Kaladesh cared about thopters and servos and things, but just just a little bit, where you go to Amoncat the very next block and, like, zombies were a big, big part of the block, and so zombie tribal was a big part of what was going on. Um, one of the things in general when we do tribal nowadays is, is if... if, if the, if we mechanically care about the tribe, we tend to put it in two colors. Um, just to give you some flexibility, help Asfan for, for draft, and just make, you know, make it a little more dynamic in how it can be used. So, for example, uh, you know, zombies in Shadows of Innistrad, and Innistrad was blue-black, uh, where zombies in Amonkhet was white-black. So normally, for most creature types, they're centered somewhere. Zombies are centered in black. But uh, if we find the right place in time, like Vampire is another example where um, we found places to do blue vampires and red vampires and white vampires. Um, we are a little bit more willing to bleed creature types than we are um, mechanics from a color pie perspective that, yes, merfolk are based blue, but if you give me a reason and a place why they might be a secondary color than something else, we're much more flexible with that. And we're more willing to sort of bleed creature type flavor than we are sort of mechanics. Mostly because Bleeding mechanics they literally breaks down the game where bleeding creature types adds some flavor but doesn't particularly cause too much harm. Anyway, how we do on time today? Uh, just a little bit of traffic. So that is me talking all about creature types. So like creature types have definitely evolved over the years and we've definitely changed things. But uh, if anything, it's become more ingrained. Um, I didn't get too much into it. Obviously, Innistrad did like a small tribal theme. Uh, Ixlan's the latest one where he did a bigger tribal theme. Um, it is something we continue to do this day. Um, my get, my guess is that you're going to see more of Innistrad levels of things than you're going to see a lot of Ixalan. I, I think Ixalan, well, I'll, I'll get to legend, legend, uh, lessons learned of Ixalan one of these days. Um, but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast and I hope you enjoy creature types because they're a lot of fun. But anyway, I'm now parked. So we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.